0: Welcome once again to RocketNight.com's podcast. I'm Tampa Earl Burton, and this is a special occasion as we get to talk to Genus Lee, who's the lead of her own band in the United Kingdom, and been touring around a little bit there around the island, supporting her new album, Urban Legends. And uh, we're going to be able to talk to her about that for a little bit right now. Genus, how are you doing?
1: I'm good.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we're thrilled to have you here this week because, you know, this new album that you have out, first of all, it's always exciting when you're able to put out a debut album. Uh, What kind of pressure do you feel having this, this body of work out there that comes out of your mind and your soul?
1: Um, well, th- it, this is not our debut album. Uh, this is actually our second album. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 there, there was a little change of name, uh, which was my full name, Lee, and we merged it together, so it looks a bit more like a band name. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe that's why you thought that there was um, this was our debut album. Um, so this is our second album, and um, it's been a labor of love. Uh, uh, it's been a long time coming uh, because of the pandemic and everything so it's taken uh, lots of time to get into the studio to get ready to launch and um, because we didn't want to really start organizing gigs around the launch without knowing that we could you know uh, get people into um, venues. So there was a lot of uncertainty last year and at the beginning of the year when restrictions were starting to lift in the UK. So we we then started um, organizing and planning dates and and stuff like that. So it's been a lot of work in the last six months uh, trying to get everything done, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I know you've been going around uh, some dates there in the UK. Uh, what has been the reaction? Is it great to be back into that live setting once again, and and to feel the reaction of the audience?
1: I think that's the uh, playing live is ultimate uh, for most bands and musicians. And um, you know, they we live for that forty-five minutes on stage, and all the um. Uh, traveling around uh, setting up breaking down afterwards all that kind of stuff no one really enjoys so it's <laughs> that 45 minutes that you, you you do all this for and so to be able to get back on stage after two years of not playing live was just oh, it was like coming home I, I mean I, I don't know how else to explain it's just for musicians to want to perform in front of people that having a crowd in front of you listening to your music enjoying the show is just something else you know and um, putting out music is one thing but playing live is just the ultimate for for me anyway
0: no doubt about that now how would you typify your music i mean i hear a little bit of hard rock metal in there i hear some classic rock i hear some blues how would you typify the sound of you and the band
1: To be honest, that's actually been one of the very difficult things to do, and um, not not really anybody or any reviewers have really dared to put a a hand on, you know, what it is, and that's been a good thing and a bad thing, because obviously having a unique sound, having a distinctive sound is um, good, because it makes you stand out from the rest, but the, the difficulties with that is that some people just won't give you a chance because they, you can't tell them what you sound like. Uh, you know, when you, we apply to festival, uh, you know, if a festival asks for, you know, they, they want you to list three bands that you sound like. And it's like almost impossible for me. I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know. And um, there is a um, um, blend of sounds there. And the influence comes from maybe partly because I'm from the Far East. Uh, I'm originally from Hong Kong. But I've lived in Scotland and the UK for a very long time, so I'm quite influenced by uh, British uh, music, and also I listen to a lot of bands from the States as well. So uh, Marco, uh, being from Italy, grew up you know, listening to um, 80s metal, and um, he's, a lead, he's our lead guitarist, and he is very into the likes of uh, Randy Rhodes, Blackmore, um, Gary Moore, and you know all those people so and then we have a drummer and a bass player who really like their prog and uh, my drummer played in a a prog metal band before Uh, and um, my uh, lead uh, my bass player who's also very into going to gigs and he's into lots of prog 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 rock and prog metal so you you've got a mix of people bringing the elements of it and and I'm happy to hear that you know people actually can you know in a way find it quite unique. Um, but how do we describe it? <laughs> That's why we use heavy rock because nowadays metal has moved on. You know my my idea of heavy metal back in the 80s is not the metal now. You know metal is now death metal and very growling and everything, which is quite far from what we do, Uh, but we definitely have some uh, old school metal uh, elements in it, which I like personally and also my band like. Um, And then just, yeah, a bit of everything. Nothing is off limits in a way. And and then you bring everything together and to see whether it works.
0: Well, let's take... What's that? How would you describe? Ooh, that's a, that's, you're going to put me on the spot. I would say just good old rock and roll myself. I mean, you know, that's the way I, I, I'm not one to pigeonhole. The thing is, I I, I don't like to say, well, this is this type of rock and this type of rock. You know, it's just good rock and roll, especially, uh, back in our cage. Which yeah. was the first release from Urban uh, Legends? Yeah. Tell us yeah, a little bit just... about that song.
1: Um, that song was actually about. It's actually about the lockdown, and uh, so we, me and Marco, um, when we realized that we are not gonna gig, we are not gonna go practice, we are not gonna go doing anything, so we um, sat down and wrote some songs together. And, And so Back in Our Cage was one of those that uh, I thought, well, you know what? I want to write a song about lockdown. And then uh, and in my head, I'm thinking about lyrics. I'm thinking about, you know, what I want to hear. And then next minute, Marco comes up with a riff and then the riff turns into, uh, you know, a a, a verse. And then, uh, you know, it's just a work in progress between the two of us because we live together and It's just easy, uh, you know, when during the lockdown, you you can't go anywhere anyway. So, um, yeah, so that's how it came about. Um, It's about a different look at uh, the lockdown uh, because I am very much into... the environment, uh, the uh, climate change and all that kind of stuff that I, I want to minimum, m- sorry, minimise my personal impact on the environment. And I looked at the lockdown as uh, the nature taking a break from us, human beings. And, um, and we were hearing stories on the news about how some wild animals had gone into the city centre uh, because obviously no one were around and they were like wandering in and stuff like that and uh, how uh, air pollution had dropped during the time when uh, you know people had very little activities etc etc you know those kind of things inspired me to write this song
0: Now, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is you've been getting back out on the road. Uh, got urban legends out there. What does the rest of the calendar year look like for you? How busy are are you and the and the other guys in the band going to be coming uh, over the next six months or so?
1: Well, on the one hand, I would say not busy enough, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but on the other hand, is um, is what we can uh, do within the limitations that we have. We all have full time jobs, and um, you know we have uh, some of our members have children and uh, it's quite difficult to go around touring you know we call it tour. nowadays it's not real touring you know you, you have different dates on different weekends doing uh, album promotion and it's not like people tour like monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday like all week or two for two weeks it's not like that but um even organizing weekends is not always easy especially if we have to go a bit f- further away some of our members don't want to or cannot uh, because of other commitments uh, to travel too far so um so we've played six gigs so far uh, up to this point which I'm very very happy about uh four of them were in Scotland which was um, not too bad for us. And we did a couple in England with uh, just me and Marco because uh, the other members couldn't join us. It was too far away for them. So um, so we've got a few more gigs lined up for when we come back after the summer holidays. So we're taking a couple of months because uh, people have holidays, weddings. Um, you know lots of things festivals to to go to to uh, uh, as attendees so yeah um so when we come back after the summer uh, we will have a few gigs a few more gigs uh, around scotland and uh, we have one down another couple down in england so yeah so trying to fit in as much as we can within the limits that we can do. It's hard. Uh, I I I won't I won't lie about it. It's um it's exhausting. Uh, when you have a full time job and then you finish, you have to go to a gig and then you have to do all the load day loading, sound check, and then you pay for that forty five minutes and then you have to pack everything up and go home and you're knackered by the time you get home. So weekends are a bit better. Like uh, Saturday gigs are a bit better than Fridays. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. That's see, that's one thing I don't think a lot of fans understand nowadays is that the days of you know living on a tour bus and and having the labels send you out those days don't exist anymore. It's people like you and and, and a lot of other bands that I've talked to that you know they have this. Well, I got a full time job and then I go you know on on Saturday night and you know, play a two-hour show somewhere. And that's, you know, the thing is, they use that full-time job to be able to do. It, it really is tough on you guys because you are, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week, and then you're working another 24 hours with your band.
1: That's right. And people don't buy music, and uh, music don't pay. You know, they, they, it, we won't even break even. For example, you know, all the money that we spend going to the studio, printing the CDs, doing the T-shirts is to promote, to hope that people listen to the music. But ultimately, the money we spend, we are savings that we've made in order to make the music. You know, and and if I couldn't afford to actually pay that out, then we wouldn't really do it because there's really no guarantee of you making the money back, uh, unless you make it big, obviously. But nowadays, making it big is a lot more than just the music.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, with with as I mean, everybody knows the pittance that they pay out through streaming and, and buying digital music. I mean, that's yeah. why I personally always try to buy an album or a t-shirt or something like that. That money is actually going to the artists themselves. That's true. And there's no better way to support new rock or new music overall than to do that.
1: But it's hard, um, you know, the the few people that buy um, also tend to be either musicians or people like yourselves. And uh, the the job blogs to might not even come to the gigs, and never mind uh, buying merch. So yeah, it's not easy. And also, I what I find to accept in a way is that all the hard work that we put in, we put something out next minute is yesterday's news, <laughs> and uh, and and unless you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep advertising, people have forgotten about what you've done already really unless I, I, again unless you make it big but yeah. um yeah. is is quite disheartening and i um many uh, quite a few years ago when i first started because uh, i only started about five and a half years ago actually and um i started learning the guitar and i went went to some open mics and i i got to know some some of the musicians that at the mu- uh, open mics and they used to have bands they used to gig They used to go around and the first thought I had was like but why not carry on why why if you like it so much why don't you give up why why did you give up on the band and just go around with your acoustic guitar and doing open mics and now after five and a half years almost six years I actually understand
0: Thing that i uh, you kind of read my mind there is we are we going to hear more out of you what's what i what i know some bands have done is they'll issue a single here and then a single there and then when they get enough singles out there they say okay let's put them together and do an ep i mean is that is that an approach that you like or you do you prefer yeah. the album approach
1: no, I I'm an old school album uh, yeah. for me. I, I grew up listening to albums. I didn't like I didn't do single songs. I listened for, to album from beginning to end. You know, I know I want to know what's coming up. I anticipate what's coming up and I listen to the end. I do not stop a song in the middle. I listen to right to the end. You know, that's how I used you know, listen to music. And uh, so when we put out the first album uh, because I started so late, um, you know, I should have started many, many, many years ago, and, uh, but I, life circumstances has it that I didn't do anything to do with music until about five and a half years ago. So um, I felt that I was in a hurry. So I put up the album, the first album with no singles. I didn't even know or think about putting out singles. We put out the album. <laughs> in, you know, day one, and, uh, and then I soon learned that you, you're supposed to do things in certain steps, and blah, 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 so it, with this one, um, uh, you got the music through uh, uh McKellar, and he does uh, the radio plugging, and he advised me to put out two singles uh, before the album, and that's how, that's why we did it that way, uh, so it's through, um, you know, good advice from from someone who knows, and uh, so, yeah, and um, so, but I think two two singles from an album is plenty, you know, you want people to listen to the album, you know, and um, one thing I think we should do more is videos, but it's very difficult. I find it very difficult because one, we don't have money to pay someone to do it. So that's, uh, that that's budgets that we don't have. Uh, if we do it ourselves, it's finding the time to do it. We did it back in our cage uh, ourselves, and the result is not as good as we would like, but I think the the idea materialized and uh, we managed to do uh, something that we were happy about, happy enough to put out. uh, But we should have really done a video for From the Ashes, but I just didn't have time. Um, We might still do uh, a couple of videos uh, live, Live videos uh, that we've taken footage of during the gigs that we played to try to um, have a bit more content. This is like this era of content creation is so hard to keep up, so hard.
0: It really seems like uh, you've got the right approach. I mean, you've got the, the 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 old old school rock and roll attitude. You've got the music. You got the sound. Uh, we can only hope that you. You you have great things come for you in the future, Janus.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, I uh, want to take uh, take you know. Thank you for coming out here and and talking with us today. And we look forward to you know keeping an eye on you and watching what comes <laughs> next. And and hopefully maybe maybe before the end of the year, we can hear some new stuff from you. Hmm, yeah, that might be pushing it, but yeah. Okay. (laughs)
1: Okay, we see.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for your
1: time, Gina. Thank you,
2: thank you.